The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. We know that your focus is on your business. That's why ours is on supporting you. Now to the story of a farm that once just had a few dairy cows, but now it's a yoghurt company on the verge of a €20 million turnover. Cologne Farm Yoghurt's story began back in 2004 when Wexford dairy farmer Nicholas Dunn decided to create a product with his herd's milk rather than sending it directly to the creamery. With the help of his sister, Pauline, Cologne has become a national brand. Nicholas and Pauline, it's... uh, Relatively new company, in a sense, but your family are now nine generations in business. Have you looked back in any great detail at the history of the family in business? Yeah, we get it back to sort of say our our, our great grandfather, who was um, he he wrote he wrote uh, his diaries and and so forth. So we get a good indication of, of what was going on. But he was he, his writing is incredible. You just never saying like it is. It's phenomenal. Just looking through it and and some of his drawings and so forth. And that writing was was it in a diary that he kept yeah, or just notes of, diary, of day to day? Yeah, yeah. So it's a type of diary that he has of what he was so and so. But also about the about the area and so forth. So look, there's a good bit in it there that and and he's two books I think in total that that he, he, he filled up over his lifetime or whatever but like it was it was interesting and then you know our grandfather had come through and, and, and he was actually ended up being the youngest and like that would have been around 1923 or whatever would have been a lot of troubles or whatever in the in, in, in the area because we're only over the road from Castlebora so you know it was a uh, which was, was a hot spot. Yeah, it was a hot spot because that castle, that fabulous castle, was burnt and, and so forth too. And so it was a hot spot in the area. So um, uh, grandfather ended up up by by accident actually because his older brothers or whatever wanted to move to England that would have taken over the farm. So things could have been very very different. And Pauline, would your your father or grandparents or would they have sort of kept stories going about what times were like in, in those days? Would you have heard stories growing up about that? Oh, yeah. Like, like my parents would have, um, do you know, they would have, um, when they were growing up, it would have been very difficult times. And, um, do you know, they would have had a lot of stories from the war and, um, but even just from, you know, from farming and killing animals on the farm. Um, do you know, so we kind of learned um, a lot growing up. But, um, but we're very lucky to have our, our parents. Our parents are actually still alive and have been a huge benefit to the business over the last number of years. And dad is the one that's always been outside doing the jobs and running here and there for Nicholas. And mum is the one that has always the kettle on. So when we get visitors in, buyers, she's the one that has the scones on the table. You still have them made. out working basically. So the two are still working in the business, you know, and it's been a, a huge benefit to us because mm. more often than not, they've often broke the ice and we'd have people in mm. and, you know, we'd be very worried or anxious having, you know, buyers. Into the, into the farm so um, you know that's that's been a huge benefit to the business They have that mm. benefit of older age where yeah. it doesn't matter so much to them if the buyers are coming in exactly. they'll just say whatever they feel yeah, like saying yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You guys are sweating it Yeah yeah. yeah and look it's, it's um, it sets the tone when they, when they come in it's, it's um, like I, I think where it was at one stage we had a, a very prominent uh, buyer in, in our kitchen one morning for breakfast and he stood up after breakfast and he sort of said uh, I need to take a photograph of the kitchen, do you mind? I said, no. I said, well, why do you want to take it? He said, when I go back to the office, no one will believe I was in the kitchen this morning in a farmhouse. And it just... Mm. And that's yeah, a different yeah, part of his day. Yeah. Something, something very, very totally different, different. But we've just found, well, you know what, are we doing something, we sort of said, you know what, we're doing actually something quite unique in doing that. And, and ever since we've kept, kept it up and look, often we could have someone in for breakfast in the morning and mum and dad might come down <laughs> and start their breakfast and they can't get over. Daddy has this massive bowl of cornflakes. No one knows where he puts it. But I think it intrigues him a little bit actually how much he's able to eat in the morning. But uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, 
And in the family farm story, Nicholas, when did when did um, the the family get into dairy? Was it always dairy, or what type? When well, mum and dad got 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 married, really, uh, mum brought some some cattle in in onto the farm, and from there, uh, we got into dairy. Really, I suppose look, there would have been a cow or two, but look from a commercial point of view, they would have got in when just shortly after getting married, and it started to grow. You know, it was started with you know four or five cows. Daddy built it up to a herd of about eighty cows before I took over. You're from uh, the two of you, brother and sister. You're from mm-hmm. a big family. Was there nine in the family? Nine mm-hmm. of us in the family. Did you all have your own jobs to do growing we up? We did. We did growing up so it was very much that you know you come home from school in the evening and everybody had their jobs you had to bring in sticks for the fire or you know tidy up or you know feed the calves so it was always a very busy house so um, our granny lived with us so she lived with us about 20 years and um, she was she was wonderful because she brought great harmony into the house and you know so literally if we kind of went with her fight and she'd cry you know so then you couldn't fall out and so as a result we all are very united still as a family we all get on and we have our ups and downs but for us she, she was wonderful um, and Nicholas then when you took over the farm you had, you know, a dairy farm, a dairy business, um, lots of opportunities within dairy, maybe, you know, coming towards the end of the quotas, so there's a chance to expand. But you decided you wanted to do something different, yoghurt. Yeah, I, I suppose how I got into it, Richard, really was like I suppose my fo- my, when my, both myself and my wife Judah got married, we at that stage we were getting ourselves up to about 180, 90 cows. We were working every hour God sent. And we just sort of said, you know, we don't get away, we don't do anything. And we just sort of said, you know, started to look around. And I was lucky enough at the time to get involved with Wexford Creamery. I got onto the board of Wexford Milk Producers and, and that, that ran Wexford Creamery. And I got the best education of my life through that. And, and the opportunity actually gave me from, you know, <clears throat> I went onto the board and within a year or two, they decided to put me on a, a course that's, that's, that's co-op uh, members do. A, I think it was a diploma in corporate direction. We went down to UCC, the first time I was ever in university. And it was, the professors came out and they spoke and they, they, they twigged something in, in me in the sort of sense of a curiosity and a different line of thinking or whatever. But I got a phenomenal opportunity. I got to the States. And where, um, where did... Yogurt in particular comes from that yogurt, idea. Yeah, so the yogurt then I was there and, and, and suddenly we'd like Pauline at the time was working in, 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 in petted supermarkets and she came home one evening and she said, you know, she said, uh, Cologne yogurt have just stopped producing yogurt. And I was a big fan. I said, that can't happen. So I just I just went home that evening and I phoned the guy that owned it and I said, listen, can I come down and see? And I went down and seen him and, I said, and, and within three or four months later, we actually started to produce yogurt. So Cologne had been a local yogurt manufacturer mm-hmm. they had closed down and then it was just a chance to say but did you know anything about how to make it no no literally no. it was no. Paul Kinsler was the man uh, who yeah. who founded Cologne and Nicholas went down and learned and, and mm-hmm. Paul was a wonderful teacher and literally he he helped you know to build to build our knowledge and yeah. uh, got it going so that was a big that was a big help and even afterwards he'd ring and say I'm not happy about the yogurt this week do you know the one thing he was brilliant at he was brilliant at formulating he was a, an incredible teacher and because we got it very fast he made it very simple for us you had the land you had the cows you had uh, a name the, yeah. the Cologne brand and probably some equipment that you probably would yeah, have got yeah, from the got business the base of equipment. and then you, you got the know-how so you've got to go out and find customers Yeah. how did that go Pauline? Um, well, basically, we started locally. So our local supermarkets, so Petits, were fantastic help. They had six supermarkets at the time. So they were based in Wexford, uh, Arklow, as far as a tie. So they were fantastic. Hotel side of the business was, was a great uh, boost to get the yogurt in there. Um, and gradually then we built, you know, so we worked, uh, we looked after Wexford, then we moved to Waterford, Carlow, Kilkenny. 
Dublin and um, it was just you know word of mouth really and uh, doing tastings in the stores and what about the glass jars? Because you, you have the glass jars. That's quite unusual, certainly, you know, for an Irish yogurt product or, you know, any of the international ones. I, I, I yeah. have seen it. I suppose we got a great, uh, we got a great education in glass jars. At the time we started, Pauline was, uh, was experimenting with just putting sort of cream into yogurt and, 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 and fruit on the bottom. And we originally had it in a tub and, and uh, um, we got an approach from Superquin. And uh, Simon and uh, they came down and asked us, could we do a luxury yogurt for us or whatever? And uh, there was a guy called Bruce Langsland who who was originally had been in M and S, uh, went on to uh, do the food halls in in uh, Harrods and and so forth. Very very specialist. But I drew about I would say short of maybe two or three thousand samples. This guy, and every time, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. And we get up and down to Dublin. But the one thing he taught us, he taught us perfection and he taught us about uh, detail. And at the end of the day, we, we got it launched. We got, I think, four or five products launched in with, with, with Superquin under the SQ brand. And that actually got us going. And it just gave us an incredible education on how to get it right. And that, that, that when you think it's OK, you can actually do better. Along the way, as yeah. the business is expanding, it mm. must have taken in huge amounts of, of, of your time. Do you, you know? Do you get a chance to farm? Do you miss that farming element? I still, like I look uh, every morning. I'll I'll go down and I'll see the lads on the farm or whatever. Look, we're incredibly lucky. I've, I've a great farm staff. I've a great farm manager, and and and, and he has two or three working with him that are all, you know, very good. But look, it's difficult in the sense of, of you've two businesses and both of them are quite demanding. So look, what you do is you go down in the morning, you have a look around, and and we go and I we go to the factory in 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 you know nine ten o'clock in the morning, and then around five six o'clock in the evening, you'll pop back down to 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 help out or whatever, and and I suppose that gives you uh, your headspace completely changes, and it's great. You know, you, you go out in the morning, and 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 the farm is incredibly peaceful very early in the morning or whatever. So you get that bit of peace, and then you get it to mayhem when you go into the. I was going to uh, say, do you do you miss that bit of peace about farming? I make sure I get enough of it. You know, I, I get, like it's easy to get up in the morning and go out and you get that, that you get an hour of peace. Uh, you get it on the weekends because the good thing about the weekends is, is there's no one around you go out and there is that peacefulness about farming, particularly when you're working on your own or whatever. Would you enjoy that? Oh, incredible. Being on yeah. your own? Yeah, oh no, incredible. It's, 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 you really enjoy that, that peace and, and, and it gets you back in and it motivates you then. You now have 300 Frisian cows that yeah, yeah, you're milking. Yeah, yeah. I presume they don't all have names and things like that, but are, are you, I, they they grow on you after a while. Oh, I mean, look, are you, are you uh, yeah. into cows and that? Oh yeah, no, look, sure, it's 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 the wrong personalities. You know, we'd we'd bring we'd bring people to the field and we'd show them in the field, and like we've some cows that are curious and they'll come up and they'll lick them and 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 walk around and whatever. We've other cows that'll turn their backside to them and and, and just sort of say, I'm not I'm not into this, I'm not coming over near year or whatever. So cows are and have behaviours and so forth. There's a piece about it that actually helps you sort of deal with it, with other problems or whatever you know you can see it happening during the day you know in the morning you go in you see what's going on you're back down you're in a completely different atmosphere an hour later you go home you get showered or whatever I have the name at home of the guy that can actually change his clothes four or five times in the day because you'll go out to the farm for something get the side you go back and get showered back into the plant so <laughs> no one knows what they're going to meet me or how they're going you to be dressed You don't have photographs of your, your favourites on the wall or anything like that do you? Um, yeah, my down at the house. The, the you do. Yeah, we do. We, we well, we have with the family. Like we, we like we, like Charlie would have been. Charlie would get down and he'd lie down beside the guy. 
just and and just has a, he has a way with stock or whatever and 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 like we would often be down with, with both even the kids and my wife we have several photographs walking through the field with them and 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 different shots maybe being the Menken Barn or like a lot of a lot of rocky shots around the place have cows in them and, and parts of the farm. Yeah, so look, at, yeah, and, yeah. And it's, it's important to have that. Well, no, it that. is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and you don't realise it until you actually look up in the wall and sort of stuff like that in that wall. <laughs> we didn't mean them to be there, but. <laughs> and Pauline, when it came to the business and growing it and getting new new contracts and new business, when you would have got one of the discount retailers, uh, that 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 really projected things onto another level, didn't it? It did. It we, was Aldi, was it? Yes, yeah. um, Aldi came to us, and again at the time we kind of felt, gosh, you know, a hundred stores, would we be able to supply Aldi? Um, but again, they had a very good team, and uh, we developed recipes for them. So all all of our our customers have their own unique recipe, their own unique fruit, and um, we were just very lucky that we were able to supply them, and we had the capacity. And then you got the contract for Aldi in the UK as well. We did. <clears> we did. We got the Aldi contract and again delighted because a thousand stores plus in the UK and I wonder about Brexit well that's where it all went down because what happened was that um, Brexit happened and we went over to a meeting in the UK and they informed us that we could no longer supply them and um, that it had to be British milk it had to be British workers and that was it we were but that's interesting because that that wouldn't have been a requirement. That would have been a decision that they yeah, would have made. Really, yeah, it wasn't yeah. necessarily a part of Brexit that they couldn't have products made from Irish yeah. milk. No, no. Yeah, I think it was. It was a whole change. The whole supermarket industry in the UK changed into very much. It went back to the red tractor and British milk and so forth. So, so the tone of the, the industry tone, changed. The tone of the industry completely changed, and and. Um, I suppose like we got a great lesson because like we we actually went over for that week and we actually in one sense we were talking to Waitrose at the time and they were just about to take us on and, and we were just about to launch with them and um, we went into Aldi and we knew walking in the door we were down because the tone was different we walked in and um, all the trucks that we met going in were all wrapped in the, the Union Jack at the time because it was just after the Olympics and all the Olympics So there was a kind of a fervour about Yeah, yeah, no there was there was just a complete move it was like, you know it, it, it was like buy local here it was just on a huge scale and, But it must and have been a massive blow a, a thousand stores Yeah, stores yeah we, we'd, we'd built a business that, 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 that was uh, for the first time we were starting to deal in millions and, and uh, we lost about a three and a half million contract I wouldn't say Theresa May or Boris Johnson were toasted <laughs> around the, the Dunn family no, table at uh, No, but, but, but it all is great. Listen, you know, we've learned this phenomenal lesson because, like, we're not... Um, we get kicked a good bit, uh, Richard, in the sense of... of and, and you have to get back up, and that's that's what we are. We get back up and we sort of said, you know, OK, Brexit had happened. We looked at the UK and, and, and had a chat with a good few people about what the opportunities were or weren't, and we just sort of said, you know what, this actually is a bit too more difficult. And how about looking at Europe? And then we started to think about Europe and, and we thought about, you know, like, how could we get in there? And we started to look at maybe, we, we looked at the Kerrygold brand and said, look, why don't we have a chat with them? And we had a chat with them and we thought we were going to uh, sell them yoghurt and we thought we were the greatest yoghurt makers or whatever. And we were just told that yoghurt won't work because it's at the bottom of the scale in Germany. But what, what does work? Maybe it's cream cheese. Can you make it? And we started to say, yeah. And four years. Without pausing, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were that hungry for business, we needed something. And we sort of said, you know what, of course we can. They call me Mr. Cream Cheese in Wexford. Yeah. <laughs> and that was We came back and we sat down with Chagas and Eddie O'Neill down in Chagas and, 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 and we perfected cream cheese. You know, and four years later we were up and running and, and we had a Taoiseach down to open up the plant or whatever. And and, uh, and that's a big part of the business now, Paul. Mm, it's, it? it's half our business now, cream cheese. 
So it's it's just gone phenomenally well. But um, it has crucially it needed ninety day shelf life, you know, for 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 export. But um, yeah, it's really it's really. So you, that was something you would have had to have developed, and the same happens with with yogurt as well. The shelf yeah. life kind of governs it does. where where you can sell it and how far you can mm. export it. Yeah. Do you have to sort of innovate with that, or or how do you extend the shelf? You're life? always <clears throat> I suppose piece where we are is is we're always. Uh, tomorrow is always better and we have to be better tomorrow so you're always innovating and sort of say how can we get it there because we know the more we can stretch that shelf life and hold in the quality the farther we can reach and, and like that's our ambition is, is to reach farther and, and we, we see huge opportunities in the UK we see huge opportunities uh, across Europe but what we need to do to get there is extend our shelf life and probably diversify a little bit and, and, and like what we call ourselves now we don't really call ourselves a yogurt company as such we're a fermented dairy product that we, we ferment product you know we, 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 make, we turn all you're doing really with, with milk is, is you're souring it to make yogurt you're adding culture to, to to create cream cheese you know you can do creme fraiche sour creams you can go into the dessert market or whatever so there's so much you can actually do out of it and create so much opportunity When it comes to the environment, farming, you've got the, the dairy operation, 300 yeah. cows, yeah. Um, nitrates initiative and so forth. Will you have to actually reduce the number of cows? Yeah, no, I, no, we do. And it's, it's, it's come at a tough time for us, Richard, because we're not as prepared as what we should have been. As, as the whole country is not prepared as it should be, we should be, you know, we, we have a reputation in Ireland to be first out there, first out of the blocks. And we've been caught on the hop on, on, on this whole nitrous piece. We, from a farming point of view, we don't, really un- we don't really understand it, but we need to get to understand it and adapt to it and make the changes. So look, that's, our, that's the challenge, I suppose, that we face now is actually how do we actually continue on? How do we, get, how do we keep our production level up and how do we match that back in with the environment and so forth? So you might have to reduce the number of cows yeah, that you, you uh, own and and milk, and, yeah. but you you want you want to keep on making the same amount of yogurt, yeah. if not more. Yeah, it's going to create a demand for milk for the first time really in Ireland. As such, as it's going to create that demand, and, and look, we're going to be looking outside ourselves maybe for a drop of milk or whatever to keep ourselves ourselves going. But I suppose the other piece is, is that we need to think about is 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 like what we're currently sort of saying is we might have to reduce our numbers, but actually, how could we actually harness our waste? How can we harness the the, the methane and so forth? And that's what we're looking at. Is sort of saying is look, um, we we'll probably put in a digester in the years to come and so forth that'll harness that that'll probably allow us to take back up our stock numbers to a reasonable level again or whatever but look we just need to adapt to it but look I think there's phenomenal opportunity within this but we just need to get it right we need to step back a little bit and rethink it and sort of say right okay how do we actually do this that actually enhances the environment and and enhances our economy What about downtime it's busy uh, the food business is very demanding it's very competitive the farming business is a very very mm-hmm. tough drain there's lots of things can go wrong a lot of stuff do you manage to switch off Pauline what about you do you enjoy a bit of downtime oh yeah 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 you would I, I, for me I, I just like being outside you know out walking and uh, we're very fortunate we're near the sea so we can head down to say Carclough is our nearest beach so yeah, would you like a foreign holiday where the last thing you see is a dairy cow or a farm <laughs> you, you, you want to go to a city with high rise no Richard what happens is when I go on holidays my first stop is a supermarket and I'll go in and I'll get take out my phone and I'll take pictures of yogurt on the shelves in the supermarket so it's very hard <laughs> to switch off and I enjoy that too and you're you're all the time because it's, innovation is, is, is critical for us so you're all the time looking to see look is there new packaging out there is there new flavours um, so that's very much part of getting away on holidays And Nicholas what about you do you manage to 
have downtime and try and get away from all that? I'm, I'm incredibly lucky, Richard, in the sense of I have my downtime every morning and evening when I go back. To the, I, I've, and that gives me sort of, that looks after myself, you know, in the sense of, but for family time and so forth, we get a nice, a small bit of downtime, not a huge amount, but a lot A lot of it is based around, you know, we, we might decide uh, we, we, we would go skiing every year. We actually probably go skiing right beside a dairy farm, we go and have a look at the balanced cows and so forth. And it's great, <laughs> interesting to see something very different. But we, just, we find it very hard to get away from it, like if we go, you would take the odd couple of city breaks and so forth, but we'll, we'll end up in supermarket and looking around because there's an interest within the family about it and so I say look it's, it's always a piece of what we're going to do next looking for it. And what about the future? One of the, the wonderful things about what you have built is that you have the farm right beside the yogurt production yeah. and it's all there but if you wanted to sell the company at some point in the future that becomes very very complicated. Are the next would you like to see it stay in the family or are, are your kids yeah, interested? The ambition <clears throat> the ambition, Richard, is to keep it in the family because look, it's, it's nine generations and maybe we might get a tenth or an eleventh out of it and I suppose that's the ambition for it. I suppose as regards selling it and so forth, never crosses my mind in the sense of, of this is a family business that we're going to build and continue to build and um, everyone now is sort of getting to the pieces. What's next? Where have we gone? And, so um, you're, you're very excited about what lies oh, incredible. Look, I, I'm incredibly excited. I think it's look. I can see it on you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's there. It's, it's, you're, you're sort of ticking there every morning sort of saying, it's, look, we need to, where are we going to go or whatever. And, and now that we've probably got our management team, um, you know, it's take, it takes you years and years and years to build good people. And I think we're, we're incredibly looking at it. We've built a team of, of in the management team for good people, but also our workforce. We're incredibly lucky. Like we, we could walk down and we, we'd say hello to everyone in the morning and how's it going or whatever. We'd have conversations with them. It's, it's a great place for anyone to come and visit and, and <coughs> experience the atmosphere. Trust that that everything's going to be okay. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Nicholas and Pauline Dunn of Cologne, thank you very much for joining us on the programme. It's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you, Richard. Great. Thank you very much.